Now press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then, who are mature, should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Yesterday, Tim and I had um, a great event to go to. We went to um, Coventry to see the installation of the new Dean of Coventry, who's a lovely friend of ours that we met when we were um, in Nottingham when I was training. And um, it's John Whitcomb, and it was a wonderful service. But really strikingly as well, it was the most beautiful cathedral. I don't know how many of you have, have been there to visit, but it's absolutely gorgeous there's there's lots to look at it's very visually inspiring but I'm sure many of you all know it's built the new cathedral they built it in the shadow of the ruins the bombed ruins of the old cathedral and the way they've designed it is with a huge glass screen right across the the um, back of the cathedral and so constantly you're able, you might be in the new cathedral, but you can see these ruins through the screen and it brings the two together and it is a, a really powerful building. And um, John, when he was speaking, he did the sermon as the new dean and he spoke of the tension between actually being caught up with investing in these ruins that actually were very famous, people wanted to see them and they actually took a lot of money with their upkeep, but actually the cathedral has this vision and this future. And he spoke of the need really to press on into the future and the vision and invest in that, in the new, in the new building and the ministry that they'd got. And um, it really struck me once again how difficult it can be to let go of the past sometimes. And this passage that we've just heard read to us by Esther is a really well-known one and it's a very inspirational one. Bible commentators, when you look at this passage, they say that even Paul himself, you can see how moved he was as he spoke. He's speaking from, from prison and he's encouraging his followers and he speaks, we hear, didn't we, how he speaks with tears, such is his passion. 
And it's a, a passage that holds much promise for us, I believe, and much meaning for us as we look to our theme this morning about how we can let go of the past. But you've probably noticed that letting go of the past can be easier said than done. Events, losses, memories, things of the past hang on to us and can all too quickly drag us back there. But today's passage that we've heard read, it teaches us of the importance of not remaining there, not living in the past, but the importance in our call as Christians to be forever moving forward into the future that God has promised to each one of us. But how? The writer Paul knows and knew exactly what it was that he was following after. He knows what his life is all about and he's able to clearly express that. We hear how he, he felt that it was to take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of me. Here was somebody who knew that Jesus had died for him and he'd given him the promise of new life and eternal life with God. And so it's that that motivates him and drives him forward in his journey through life. His whole life could be expressed as a passionate longing after Christ. And this journey, he knows, will only find its completion when his life is over and that saving work and grace of God is complete. He's been saved by Jesus' death and set free by that. But in the same time, the process of his life, he's in a process of being saved, which will last a lifetime. And he knows that he won't be perfect within that lifetime. And there'll always be room for progress. And yet for him, for Paul, life is about pressing on. He keeps on keeping on. And when you look into that translation of the word to press on, that phrase, it um, comes from a hunting term meaning to pursue. And so we get that wonderful image of it being an active and intensive um, thing, an endeavor. It's no half-hearted attempt or aimless wandering. We're given the image of a runner straining to win the race. He presses on towards the goal to win the prize. And he doesn't describe what the prize is, but as we imagine, for him, it would be that life, that promise of life with God forever, sharing that life with Christ. Each and every day, grasping ever more firmly the purpose for which Christ grasped me. Living a life which stood out, which is set apart for God, and not living, as he describes, as many do, as enemies of the cross. Wouldn't you want to be more like that? It's really inspiring. I know I would, because here is somebody who's focused, single-minded, and he has this resolute motto for life. And I wonder what we would say our motto for life is. How many of us could say that? And it's this approach to life which enables him to live every day with Jesus, encountering him afresh each day and moving ever forward into that future he has. 
But this one thing I do, he tells us, forgetting these things which are behind, his past life, he'd done some terrible things, and his mistakes, but also, importantly, his past successes, the high times, leaving that behind and straining towards what is ahead, his motto for life, forgetting these things which are behind and straining towards what is ahead, living every day as a new day. When we last uh, visited Lee Abbey, I know we've, um, we've we're going there on a holiday this year, and uh, Tim and I go quite regularly. And uh, we went with the, with the family, um, it was a couple of years ago now, and there was a family um, fun day, a kind of event where you had to get into teams, and there were lots of challenges that you had to do. And as you can imagine, as a, as a family, it was um, a little bit stressful because the children were very into wanting to win this. And um, there were various <laughs> challenges that we had to take part in out on the grounds. And they included welly-wanging and um, throwing eggs to one another. Quite tricky things. I'm not the most sporting of people. And Ryan especially was um, very into this and, and really convinced that we should win. And we did various challenges. We came to the last one. And it was an obstacle course. And I, I looked at it and I thought, okay, I think I could be really good at this. Um, wasn't so great at some of the others. But, and we can win a few points here. And um, I kind of glanced around and thought, right, we're going we're gonna to do really well. And then it wasn't until the last minute that I actually looked at the starting line. And um, on the line was a pile of clothes like this. And uh, actually what you had to do before you even got on and, and ran was you had to dress yourself up in all of these clothes and um, run holding an egg and a spoon. So as you can imagine, it wasn't the most successful um, time. Not my best sporting appearance and hopefully not one that I'll have to repeat in a hurry. But I think our Christian lives can be like this sometimes. We want to be like Paul and zealously run in our lives for God and keep our eyes firmly fixed on the prize to be fit and light-footed and ready for what he has for us. But then things happen, life happens, and the experiences we have in life, either of our own choosing or the things of which we've got no control that happen to us, can have a very real and lasting impact and many of those things can cause us to live in the past. They can have real power over us, weigh us down and hold us back. Bitterness, hurt and resentment. Bereavement, when we experience bereavement of something or someone and when we can want to stay in the past, because actually we want to stay where that person or that thing is. And it can hold us back sometimes from the promise that God has for us, that there's a future for us as well. Past mistakes and failures, the things we've done wrong, they can weigh us down and slow us down as we try to move forward. The expectations that others have and they put on us. The negative things that people say to us and the negative experiences that we've had that rob us of our self-confidence 
and our self-esteem. They slow us down and stop us from running like we want to. But it's not only those negative things, but also the positive things, the high times, the thought that life was wonderful way back when and it can never get any better and the wanting to stay there. Maybe our past achievements, the person who others have told us that we are, they can hold us back all the same from experiencing more of God and his love for us. And before we know it, we can end up a bit like this, weighed down and slow and not able to run as Jesus asks us to, not able to embrace all that God has for us and the future that he's calling us into. And I think it's a simple message this morning and yet really, really a powerful one that Jesus wants us this morning, some of us, to let go of the things that are weighing us down and slowing us down. He wants us to get rid of them and to look to the future with him. By his Holy Spirit, he wants to free us from those things. We need to know, just as Paul knew, that because of Jesus and his death for us, none of the things of the past hold any power over us. He wants to get rid of those things so that we can be his people each and every day. Some of us, I believe, are going back over and over the past. That's how we live our lives. And today, Jesus wants to say, that's enough. I want to remove those things from you, cut them off, take them off you, and just allow you to be my people. So what is it that God's asking you to let go of today? Maybe we have faced that bereavement of someone or something that's really precious. And actually today, we need to hear that there is a future for us and that life isn't over, but there is more in store for us. Maybe God might be asking us to forgive somebody. We might need to do that. Unforgiveness is such a powerful thing that locks us up. And maybe we need to be free of something today. Maybe we need to ask somebody to forgive us because we feel racked with guilt about something and that's trapping us from moving forward. What are the things that we need to be free of today? Maybe the fact, the fear of the future because the past has been so good that we wonder whether there's more and today we need to hear the promise that there is and we need to step into that future. Maybe the memories of unhealthy behaviour that replay over and over in our minds. Whatever it is, God's desire for each one of us is to let go of those things that hold us back so that we can press on like Paul and embrace the future he has planned for us, to encounter him afresh each and every day, to allow him to walk with us into the future he has planned. Maybe to start living that adventure or to continue and to press on into that wonderful adventure he has for us. And all of that so that we might also be able to help others to do the same. Then what's uh, weighing you down? I know what's weighing me down.